What's up carnivores? This is Carnivore Kurt, your host, and I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome to the channel. I'm super excited. My name is Carnivore Kurt. Carnivore Kurt. I'm gonna be your host. All right, carnivores, just jump right into it. The number one key to doing the carnivore diet, I've really transformed both how I feel, look, just experience life. And I think that the carnivore diet is a tremendously powerful tool for a lot of individuals who are suffering from anxiety, autoimmune Share it with someone who's interested in the carnivore diet. Let's spread the word, let's get this out to people. Let's help others understand more about this and see the bigger picture. Guys, that was a score. Score one for the carnivores. Number one, optimize the nutrients your body's getting. Point two here, I wanna say avoid consistent fasting. Point number three is about optimizing your sleep. What's going on YouTube? If you landed on this video, thank you for watching. I know you're probably looking for testosterone, tips on testosterone, how to really optimize it, how to get it better. Maybe you saw my video back in September. I actually did a video all about how I tripled my testosterone in just three weeks. This video is really about how I've been able to maintain and really kind of double my testosterone since I had a baseline measurement while keeping on the carnivore diet. And I'm not gonna rehash what was in that video, but I will reference some of the things that I talked about in the video because I think there's some real value there. And I wanna give you a bit of backstory so you can kind of understand where I'm coming from, what my experience is, and why I'm talking about testosterone. So let's jump into it. So in case you missed it, my name is Carnivore Kurt. I've been doing the carnivore diet now for about 15, 16 months, and I've measured my blood now four times, my testosterone levels. I measured them before I started the carnivore diet, and they were about 690 nanograms per deciliter. I went on the carnivore diet, and I pulled my testosterone after being on the carnivore diet for about five months. My testosterone had tanked down to 300, 315. Three weeks later, I made adjustments with my doc, and my good buddy carnivore MD, Paul Saladino, and I was able to pump it back up, and I actually got my testosterone over 900. I retested it about four or five months later, back last November, we're filming this video now, March of 2020. This was November of 2019, and I am hovering probably between seven and 800 in terms of my average testosterone levels. Now, if you're new to testosterone, Keep in mind, testosterone really fluctuates day to day. So it's gonna fluctuate throughout your day. It's gonna peak early in the morning and then it's gonna sort of taper down throughout the day. So if you measure your testosterone at say 8 a.m., an hour or two after you've waken up, you're gonna have much higher levels of testosterone. And if you go to a lab or doctor's office and pull your blood and measure your testosterone at say three or four in the afternoon. For my purposes and what I have done, because I'm aware of this, I've been testing my testosterone about 10 to 11 in the morning, so not right when I wake up, and I've consistently looked to basically pull my blood labs at that time, and I typically wake up between 6 and 7 a.m. That's kind of where I've been through the winter, and um, even back when I tested back last summer, kind of late spring, I was getting up right around 7, so... We're talking three to four hours post-wake up, my testosterone levels. That's generally the baseline of what I've been testing it. You know, I really I'm telling you, most you, right? of it's diet, dude. I'm telling you. So you just, I yeah. lift weights less rip, than though. two hours a week. Yeah, I don't believe you. <laughs> I tripled my testosterone in three weeks through making some basic adjustments. And just to kind of recap what I did, 
when I got that blood test and I was on the carnivore diet, I was doing OMAD. I was doing one meal a day. I was eating pretty restricted in terms of my calories and my feeding window. I was eating basically a meal from about 6.30 to 8 o'clock at night. That was kind of my feeding window every single day. So I was pretty much fasting 22 and a half hours a day. And I was doing this for about six weeks leading up to that blood draw. So one of the big things I did when I saw those labs and we saw that my testosterone was low was I opened up my feeding window. One of the prevailing ideas here is that if you are restricting your feeding, if you're fasting, if you're in a calorie deficit, your body is going to downregulate anabolic building steroids, building hormones like testosterone. It's not gonna prioritize reproduction, growth, when it doesn't really see that you're getting enough calories coming into your body. So I opened up my feeding window so that my body got the signal that, hey, there's food coming in, not just every 22 hours. Currently right now, I'm probably like 5 p.m., 5.30, 6 p.m. until 10 a.m. the next day. So that's a 14-hour window or a 16-hour window where I intermittent fast, but it's not this 22-hour fast. And that's one of the main things I did that really opened things up. So the second point from that video is I naturally increased my caloric intake and I got more calories. That just is kind of a byproduct of eating more meals throughout the day and opening up that feeding window. And that signaled to my body, hey, you've got sufficient calories coming in. You're eating more than just, we don't know when you're gonna get food because you're eating more than just once a day and you're eating multiple times a day, so you're getting more food. And that really helped. And the third piece is I optimized my sleep. Going into that, I was dating a gal and she was pretty crazy. She was Mexican, Latin, loved her. She was really a sweetheart and I had a lot of fun but drinking and not sleeping were huge sort of priorities and focuses and values in her life. I still didn't drink, but certainly the not sleeping or having a very kind of chaotic, low priority of sleep, I felt the brunt and I felt the effects of that. And it definitely affected my ability to sleep and have sufficient sleep. Anyone who knows anything about studying testosterone, sleep is when your body produces testosterone. If you don't get core sleep, that's really high quality, you're not gonna be able to produce optimal hormones. And we can go on and on about sleep in general. Sleep is so valuable for so many things in your body, but this is a big one. If you want testosterone to be optimized, you need good, deep core sleep, and you need consistent, high-quality sleep. That's when your body produces sleep, and that's when you're gonna get optimized. So I don't wanna hash out everything. I actually wanna share what I've learned in the last 15 months as a carnivore maintaining robust levels of testosterone because now I wake up, I have libido. I have very robust libido. I, I have erections every morning, not to be too graphic, but I, I just don't have an issue feeling the testosterone in the levels that I have. My mood is great. My energy levels are great. My recovery from exercise is great. And I think when I test my blood here again in another probably six weeks, I will have very robust levels. So let's dive into what I really think are the main points that I would prioritize. I would say look at that video if you haven't, if you're really interested in this topic because I think there's great content in there and there's a great sort of story about my journey and where I got to and how I made some adjustments there and what I've just rehashed. But then take these as kind of probably the big pillars to focus on. So I would say this is my sort of like updated version of what you should do to optimize your levels of testosterone going into 2020, if you're on a carnivore diet, maybe even if you're not on a carnivore diet, but these are the big ones that I would focus on. So number one, 
optimize the nutrients your body's getting. This is probably a no-brainer, but I have to say it. You really need to stay away from things. Certain foods are going to destroy your testosterone, and these are the phytoestrogens. Do not be eating soy. Do not be eating grains. These are foods that come from plant molecules that create what's called phytoestrogens. These molecules mimic uh, hormones in the human body, and they mess with your hormones. They will mess up your testosterone. Stay away from soy. We're talking teriyaki sauce. We're talking a lot of the beef jerky out there, if you're a carnivore, has soy in it, tamaric. doesn't matter what kind of soy. Soy is such a problem food for so many reasons, testosterone being a big, big no-no. So stay away from soy and stay away from phytoestrogens. Limit on the same token there with grains, limit alcohol. Alcohol wrecks your sleep. It disrupts your ability to properly make testosterone. If you really want testosterone to be optimized, be mindful of your alcohol. Look, I get it. You want to have a social drink here and there. You want to socialize. Maybe you like drinking on your own. That's fine too. But alcohol in general has a lot of negatives with very few positives from a health perspective. So if you have issues with testosterone or you really care about testosterone, weigh the pros and cons and think about cutting down on your alcohol consumption. It's going to make a big difference. And I highly recommend cutting alcohol for not just testosterone, but for a number of other performance minimizing reasons, testosterone just being one of them. So here's a big one, get zinc rich foods. We talk about oysters, red meat. These are some of the richest foods in zinc that your body can possibly get. Zinc is is a powerful mineral that builds and supplies the, the nutrients your body needs to actually produce testosterone. So if you are insufficient or lacking or you feel like you're you're missing some pieces here, it helps with immune function and it really boosts testosterone levels. Think about adding oysters. I'm not a huge fan of shellfish because shellfish can kind of be dirty and they're also triggering for a lot of people. So I would also consider just adding a regimen of red meat. The carnivore diet is great because beef, grass-fed beef in particular, can be very, very nutrient-dense with a whole lot of, of lack of the negatives. And you can get pretty much the full essential nutrient profile of all the foods you need without all the negatives of inflammation, of anti-nutrients that come with uh, many of the plant families and the plant molecules that you're consuming. And so when you eat high-quality beef, high-quality red meat, you're getting a lot of the precursors with zinc and magnesium. Magnesium is another one. You actually probably have seen on the market, if people are marketing to you some sort of fix-all for testosterone, you'll see ZMAs, zinc magnesium um, supplements that people take and they give them vivid dreams. They give them really powerful dreams because they sleep deep. But you will get those dreams and you will sleep deep if you get these nutrients from the food that you eat. You don't need to buy a ZMA supplement. You can get them from zinc-rich foods and magnesium, which is in red meat. It's in, okay, I'm going to say this. It's in blood. So if you have high quality meat that is fresh, yes, I drink blood and there's magnesium in blood as well as in the meat. You're eating blood from the meat when you eat the meat, but you can even drink the blood if the meat is clean. So again, magnesium, you can also supplement it, but you're not going to be very bioavailable in terms of absorbing it. So I'm a big fan of getting it through your water, through things like spring water. Something like this, where you have Mountain Valley water, actually has calcium, magnesium, potassium in the water because there are minerals that are naturally in the spring water that comes from a spring water source. Whereas the water you get filtered through your Brita or your Berkey 
or some other source is not going to provide that same mineral breakdown. Now you can add trace element minerals as well, but minerals are actually a unique and powerful source to kind of fuel your hormones. So there's two other nutrients I really want to push for you. And the second one that I want to mention is saturated fat. I know that sounds crazy. We've demonized saturated fat. Most people now know that that's not the case, that there are many studies out there. There's much research and evidence to support that saturated fat does not cause cardiovascular disease, that we saw correlation in some misconstrued epidemiological studies, but saturated fat is a building block. It is in most animal foods. It is valuable to get that. You can get that from eating meat. You can get that from eating fatty cuts of steaks, pork, you can get that from also from egg yolks. These are all great sources of nutrients that you want to fuel your body so your liver can properly produce testosterone, cholesterol, which can then make testosterone. Yes, your testosterone comes from cholesterol. Yes, cholesterol is not the enemy. Although if you have damage in your body, cholesterol can stick to your endothelium. It can stick to parts of your body and build up in the plaque and calcification and cause damage. We don't think it's cardiovascular risk in general. Check out more of my videos. Check out my book if you want to learn more about and read about this. Um, there's a plug. But in general, it's totally fine to consume cholesterol in the context of insulin sensitivity, in the context of being metabolically healthy, and it's going to fuel your hormones because most of your hormones are created from cholesterol. The last nutrient I will say is get sunlight. Sunlight is huge, okay? I'm not saying burn, okay? Don't go out and burn yourself to a crisp. That's not what I'm saying. But we human beings evolved outside. We are not designed to live indoors 24-7 in an office, 365. I know with this whole corona thing going on right now, it's pretty scary and we want to be socially isolated. But at the same time, that does not mean we have to be sun isolated. You can still get exposure to sunshine and get yourself out and exposed to full spectrum light even in times when you have to isolate yourself. So get out in nature, go for a walk, get sun on your skin, get sun on your, on your eyes. It helps with your circadian rhythm to help you sleep deeper at night, which again is a big piece of testosterone. It helps with you UVA spectrum, ultraviolet A spectrum of light from the sun, allows your body to produce nitrous oxide and vasodilation, expanding of your vessels. It's good for your cardiovascular system. And UVB is the biggest form of source for your body that's synthesized where you synthesize vitamin D3, which is a pro-hormone. It's not even a vitamin. It's actually a pro-hormone, a precursor to your hormones, testosterone being a big one with sunlight. So when you get UVB radiation from the sun, your body can synthesize vitamin D3, which you can't get orally from your diet nearly as in sufficient account, accounts as well as in the, the amount as bioavailable as you would from the sun. So it's a huge booster for your testosterone levels in terms of getting better levels of T. Now I'm gonna rehash what I said in the first video I did where I tripled my testosterone in three weeks around expanding the feeding window. I think fasting is valuable but avoid, in point two here, I wanna say avoid consistent fasting. Don't do OMAD day after day after day, weeks after weeks after weeks, if your goal is to up your testosterone levels to put your body in a more anabolic state. You want to balance that. You wanna maybe do a fast every weekend or every other weekend probably and allow yourself to clear things out. 
But instead, especially if you're following the carnivore diet and you're more ketogenic anyway and low carb, you're gonna be in a low level of ketosis where you get a lot of the benefits of a fasted state without actually having to go and fast. And then you don't get the negatives where you downregulate your hormones, where you downregulate the anabolic pathways of building, of giving you that vitality, of, of fueling your fertility and your energy. And if you haven't guessed it, my final point, number three, is about optimizing your sleep. You have got to optimize your sleep for so many more reasons than testosterone. But I will say this, most people need about eight hours of sleep as an adult. I'm gonna be 36 in a month. Um, I function quite well on about eight and a half hours of sleep, but I do need about eight to eight and a half hours of sleep most of the year. In the summer, I need less. In the winter, I need more. And one of the keys to this with testosterone is getting early to bed because your body goes through several stages of sleep. Deep sleep is one of the core stages of sleep that your body experiences where you experience growth hormone production, you experience testosterone production, you experience lymphatic uh, flushing of the brain, and you get this physical restorative recovery state, if you will. That's when you produce a lot of your testosterone. And deep sleep tends to happen early in the sleep cycle. So if you go to bed extra late, say you stay up on a Friday or Saturday, you miss out on a good chunk of your deep sleep. That really hurts you if you're trying to recover from a workout that Friday night or that Thursday and you're still kind of recovering Friday evening. Instead, try to go to bed early and then realize that when you sleep towards the end of your sleep, the REM cycle, when you're dreaming mostly, that's when you're experiencing the majority of your dreaming state, your REM cycle is where you're processing the cognitive thinking, the learning, the functioning. This is why when you wake up early, too early, you feel like your head just feels like it can't wake up. But if you go to bed late and you sleep in, you still feel kind of okay, which is what the majority of society does. They sleep beyond their REM stage, but they don't get enough deep sleep on the weekends. And so their testosterone, their hormones are wrecked. Their physical recovery is wrecked. They can't really do anything physically demanding, but their mind is still somewhat functional and then uh, they go back to regular week and they kind of readjust. So if you want to sleep, uh, I have, I'm actually writing a full book on this and I highly encourage you to join my email list, if anything, just to get notified when that book drops because I've been putting everything I know into sleeping. But look at lowering your, your temperature in your body, so taking cold showers, cold baths. I do ice plunges regularly, cold plunges, not ice plunges. I do, I do cold plunges regularly. I go to a facility here in Austin and I... I soak myself for five minutes at a time in 50 degree water, 40, 48 degree water. Go and take, get in sauna. That can kind of boost up your heat shock proteins and, and allow you to boost up your growth hormone, which will also cater to better sleep and a better kind of recovery and building of testosterone. Also consider lowering your bedroom temperature. I sleep at 60 degrees and I have a nest, so I actually gradually drop the temperature down just like it would go outside if I was sleeping outdoors. So I would drop your temperature down. The cold sleep allows your body to enter into that deeper sleep process and recover more physically and then warm yourself up towards the end of the night. Sleep in darkness. Your body has receptors on the skin for light. If you're sleeping in a really bright environment where you're not blacking it out, where you can actually see your hand in front of you, you're actually not sleeping in an environment that should be dark enough for you and you wanna consider doing that. The other thing I would say, and this is a huge one, is eat your last meal. And in this case, it makes sense to eat less. Eat your last meal 
earlier in your day. So try to eat before, at the very least, do not eat after sunset. I know this might be kind of crazy for many people on this video, but if you can eat your last meal, say for example, sunset is at 7.30, you eat your last meal at five or four, and then you have a good four or five hours before you go to bed at say 10, 10, 9.30, 10, then you're going to have much better sleep than if you push your last meal to say seven or eight or nine o'clock at night. And there are so many studies out there that show the negatives in terms of becoming obese, losing body fat percentage, um, messing with hormones, reducing quality of sleep by eating late in the day. And I know it's a cultural thing and there's always this balance, right, of quality of life. So it really is a factor you'll have to vary in with what you wanna do. But if your goal right now is to optimize your testosterone, don't be eating food late at night. Cut your food off and at the very least, I would say in the spring and summer, don't eat, before, don't eat anything after 6.30. And in the winter, try to push it earlier because we need more sleep in the darker days and the longer nights. So I hope that was helpful. You made it this far. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the support and all the love from the last video. I wanted to do this and put this together for everybody. Hit me up with questions, drop, drop them in the comments, hit that like button, share this video. If you're new to the whole carnivore community, I encourage you to check out some more of our content. Uh, removing plants can really change your life in terms of your overall health and vitality, your skin, gut issues, anxiety, mental performance. I know it can be really restrictive, so for some of you that just isn't even something you wanna consider, and I totally get that, but it's something to consider. So hit that like button, drop in a comment, let me know your experience, what you do to optimize your testosterone, and I will see you on the next one. Let's get optimized.